So me and you are pretty much friends by now, right? Yes. So you got my back and everything? What? Never mind. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson's Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We are Mance and Mitchell in your ears for the hour, if our luck holds up. And, of course, we are umbilically tied to the skill set of a gentleman whom we call... The tall guy. The tall guy. Hey, Nathan. How hello are you, down Nathan? there. I better watch my step. I almost stepped on you. <laughs> How's everything going for you, Nathan, and everyone around the flagship? Oh, it's going well for me. I can say we had a nice sunny week, so I was able to get outside, enjoy some disc golf. Uh, took a little precaution while I was playing. Uh, whenever I was in putting range, if I knew I could make the putt, I wouldn't put it into the basket just in case it was a little bit contaminated with the coronavirus. But other than that, all is good. Do you know a lot of people who have the coronavirus, Nathan? I don't know anybody personally. Okay. I, just you've heard of people like friends of friends pretty much yeah. yeah and those people don't necessarily live in the seattle area either they're probably in a different part different part of the united states okay well everybody in the united states is now you know all the states are affected here we and are, worldwide we are in this together covid 19 top of mind and i'm quite sure for an indeterminate length of time, Suzanne, we're going to be discussing this novel coronavirus and its impact on, on the world. Of course, it's a pandemic, but on American society and more specifically on our family and friends in the Puget Sound area within broadcast range. I'm hoping that everything is going to turn out all right. And I will say this, the tests just need to get where they are needed. New York is faring better than they were I don't think anyone has adequate testing going on in the United States of America. New York seems to be seeing some action. Nathan, do you have any update about the availability of tests and masks, et cetera, in Seattle and Puget Sound? Well, I do know that our stores are really running on a shortage of hygiene products like sanitizers and masks, and even toilet paper, too, is the big one to run out on. Uh, from what I hear, a lot of stores are being shut down. I mean, they're working their way more up the West Coast. Uh, California started with where people had to basically stay inside unless absolutely necessary to go get products or if it's an emergency to leave the house. And that's slowly working its way up to the West Coast through Oregon into Seattle. Okay. Kind of a stay in place. Mm -hmm. stay, stay in place. Stay at home. And okay. I'm, Washington State and Oregon are receiving praise from no less a personage than Rachel Maddow, must see TV for us each evening, each weeknight. And she said that they're not waiting for the cavalry to come. Washington State and Oregon are two places where people are taking control of the situation as circumstances and their means will allow. And I applaud the people of Washington State and Oregon for being so proactive. Sometimes it's just what you've got to do. And this is a got to do like none of us have seen in our lifetime. And that method is called flattening the curve. You know, we're taking all this mass uh, outbreak and we're trying to put it on pause so that it doesn't keep growing and it just kind of stays at a low level. 
You know, Nathan, I do understand that from watching television quite a bit. I really do get what this flattening the curve is all about because you can have something that looks like a mountain or you can have something that looks like a hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the mountain is, you know, thousands and tens of thousands and the hill is a lot less. So I, I understand this idea and social distancing we are practicing with as few trips out as possible. But in the meantime, we also have a radio show. We, we can't spend every single hour of every single day on COVID-19. Although we could. Well, and we don't want to do that. Except we would just, we would run out. You know? And we'll just be we like don't. everybody else. Right. Right. And we are so, mindful. We are not obsessed. And so we are still doing our show with a variety of guests. And um, today... We are lucky to have Susan Messino with us. She is a charmer. I always look forward to talking to her. And today we're going to do an hour of metaphysical Q&A. Yeah, there you go. Susan Messino has been a rock journalist for over 30 years and has written at least six books, created and hosted the 94.1 JJO local stage radio show from 1997 to 2004 and produced eight local music compilation CDs. Susan also appears in the Van Halen DVD, The Early Years, and Let There Be Rock, the movie. Her book, The Story of ACDC, Let There Be Rock, is now published in no less than 11 languages, maybe even more by now. Most of her life, Susan Messino has been interested in the paranormal, culminating in a self-published book entitled The Secrets of the Universe, which Gary and I have read. Over the past nine years, she has investigated, reported on, and experienced the paranormal and is regularly interviewed by the paranormal media. And we are happy to have her on once again for a little metaphysical Q&A. Welcome, Susan Messino. Oh, thank you. Hello, Gary. Hello, Suzanne. And hello, everybody. I'm sending my prayers to everybody, especially those in Seattle and the state of Washington. And and remind our listeners, where are you? Because we're triangulating between Seattle, Sarasota, and what's the third third city? Yeah, I'm in Savannah, Georgia. There well, that's go. hardly an equilateral triangle. It's <laughs> <No. laughs> some kind of weird rhombus creature. I don't know. That's amazing. Um, what are you doing to stay safe? We know all the obvious things. Are you pretty much staying indoors? Are you taking some precautions, Susan? Yeah, I'm trying to stay home. Uh, I spent uh, quite a few days over this past weekend just gathering supplies. It took me four days to find toilet paper, and I I totally believe I manifested it because (laughs) there was nothing on the shelves. And when I I found this 12-pack, when I took it up to the counter, even the lady behind the counter looked at me and said, there was one left. That's (laughs) wonderful. Good for you. So, so the uh, angels and, and the other world just kind of brought that to you at the right time. Well, it was four days of searching, and, you know, I it started to get kind of crazy, like, am I not going to find any at all? And I, I swear, it, it was sitting there, and I thought it was a joke at first. I thought, okay, as soon as I grab this, somebody's going to tackle me. Because <laughs> people are getting, you know... There's fist fights in the aisles over toilet paper. Yikes. So uh, luckily, that was a peaceful transaction, and I'm staying home as much as I can now. So I'm into. I do have a deck which I can go outside and enjoy the uh, fresh air, and we have the weather's beautiful here right now. 
Oh, good. Yes. Ours is unseasonably warm here in Sarasota. Gary and I have been walking around the block, and I think it's good to get out and get those endorphins going and get a little bit of fresh air. Uh, I, I understand the concept of stay at home uh, as opposed to going out and mingling with other people, but I've also heard it recommended to go outside and get some exercise. And so we are doing that, and I think it kind of lifts our spirits a little bit to be out and walking around and at least not feeling so confined being in our home and uh, you know with no place to go. But we are definitely limiting uh, all the trips that we make out. And in a way, it's become a little bit of a game. Like, uh, you know, how long can you wait before you have to go somewhere? Exactly, yeah. And it's, you know, it's a challenge for us all right now to try to stay grounded and um, not let uh, the fear overtake people because um, I feel, I'm an empath and I pick up other people's energy. And uh, the waves of... and of course, this is understandable, but the, the waves of panic that people are feeling, a lot of it is not yours. It's actually the energy that's um, being emitted by everyone on the planet right now. And uh, it can be quite overwhelming. I have a story here. Now, this is going to seem a bit dated, given what we've been just saying to each other and to our listeners here in the past few minutes. But let me read something from Facebook. So now it's out in the ether. OK, I get to read this. This is from Susan Messino. She didn't know this was coming, but it'll make good fodder for discussion here. Good grist for our mill. Tuesday at 1.06 a.m., probably Eastern time. Susan Messino posted on Facebook. This afternoon, I took off to pick up more groceries, and within five minutes of hitting the road, I got pulled over by a cop. I was speeding for an entire one to two minutes, and then I had to slow down for a stoplight. He gave me a ticket for speeding, no Georgia license, and no Georgia tags on my car. If I get the license and the tags before the court date, they will drop two of the tickets. As I drove away, I noticed a weird sound and then a louder sound and knew I had to make it into Garden City to Savannah Auto. By the time I got there, the back left tire had exploded and the car sounded like I was dragging a piece of a train behind me. Within 20 minutes, Ed at Savannah Auto, hi Ed, had the spare tire on, ordered four new tires for a great price and I was back on the road to buying more food. However, and this is why it's dated, however, there is still no toilet paper. That's our, our breaking news is that you found the toilet paper. Thank you. That's a minor miracle. Stay safe, stay well, and don't speed, Susan wrote. I'm thankful for the officer who reminded me to slow down. If I had been going 70 when that tire blew, I probably wouldn't be typing this. We have our moments where they are synchronistically for our highest and best good, Susan, and it sounds like you experienced a big case of that recently. I certainly did. And I was, um, I had accelerated through an intersection, which we have an intersection here that's very dicey and it has no left turn signal. So I always have to pretty much accelerate through that intersection to take a left, and I, I did speed right by that cop. <laughs> but I, I had to stop at another stoplight. But again, as, as I said in, in my post, if I would have been on the highway and I go, I live near Highway 95, if I would have been on 95 at 70 miles an hour 
in a car the size of my car, I probably would have lost control of it. So um, in a funny way, <laughs> like I said, I said I, I told my son, I said I got uh, three tickets, blew a tire, and was back on the road in under 30 minutes, which makes me Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, there like the go. chase scene from Bullet. Yeah, yeah. very good. Very <laughs> oh, that is amazing. It, so many times we will have these incidents, and they're tied together in a way that we can't foresee, even if we have a funny feeling, mm-hmm. and that something happens, and you see it, you trace it back. Oh, this happened because that happened because the other happened, and because all of those things happened, this dire circumstance did not happen, which easily could have happened. That's oh, part of the yeah. miracle of life. It is, and um, honestly, I, I put off. I need. I've needed new tires for a very long time, and of course, you always think, "Oh, well, maybe next week," kind of thing. And my sister lives in Charleston, and I had just gone up there a few weekends ago, and uh, I knew when I went up there that I was I was um, riding on lucky time. Let's put it that way. And uh, I kind of figured, well, whether I I like it or not, I'm going to have to put new tires on if I plan on taking a trip. And sure enough, all of this happened, and (laughs) the tire decided to like, well, you're not going to replace us unless one of us blows up. And I I have to admit, I've never seen a tire shredded that badly. It was was, uh, quite a sight. Yikes. That's incredible. For those of you who have never been to Savannah, Georgia, if you ever get the opportunity, I recommend that you go. It is a town very rich with history, Revolutionary War history, especially Civil War history. It goes way back. Very, very pretty. It's laid out beautifully. It's also one of the most haunted towns anywhere, as they're only too happy to remind you when you visit. Lots and lots of ghosts, lots of lively spirits around Savannah. And when you drive, you will notice the beauty of the place and how well it is laid out, as Suzanne just said. But Susan knows very well, I'm quite sure. If you're just taking in the town and you drive down to the river, maybe there's a car show, guys showing off their muscle cars, etc. What I have found, Susan, is that when I get down there around the river and the shops and all of the activity there, I always kind of slap my forehead, say, well, now I got down here following gravity, as it were, and now I have to get back up the hill to the main roads. It's pretty narrow down there by the river. Oh, I know. And and, uh, actually, there's a hotel I'll have to (laughs) I won't do it over the air, but there, there is a hotel on River Street that you can enter at street level and take the elevator down to River Street. So you oh, don't, wow. yeah, those, I've already figured that out because those stairs that you take down and, and, and God bless my tires. Um, I drive down there too. And driving on the cobblestone, it, you know, it's horrible for your, your alignment and everything. But um, I know what you mean. Once you get down there, uh, <laughs> getting back up, they, they even have the signs out that they're not responsible for you taking the stairs. Well, there's unless you drive down there, how else are you going to get there? Yeah. Right, right. But of all and, the places... And the drive is difficult as well, because it, you're at quite the angle even in your car. And if you're there for the first time, you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. There, right. Nevertheless, Savannah is a fascinating place. There, I... I'm sure by now Seattle must have plenty of these, though they wouldn't be operating these days. But when you go to Savannah, the great thing is you you can get out of your car, you park it centrally, and then you have your choice of tour 
trolleys or buses that will take you around to these wonderful locations. And before you get on, if you want to have lunch, there are eateries all over the place. And you just take a step back in time, many steps actually, to a place that is so rich in history. Savannah is a place, Susan, that actually could, if things had gone wrong and if the, the mayor of the town and the, the townsfolk themselves hadn't been quite clever and quite accommodating, Savannah could have been part of Sherman's march to the sea during the Civil War and been burned to the ground. Exactly, and I learned that right after I moved here, that um, after they burned Atlanta, um, when the troops got close enough, Savannah, and I cannot give you the names of the people that did this, but they were very smart, they met the, the troops and surrendered the city um, in exchange for them not destroying Savannah. And that's I had why heard Savannah that. stands yeah. today. Yep, yep, I had heard that. We will surrender if you don't burn us down. And yeah. the highest, I'm, I'm going to say mayor, though he may have had another title, but the highest official in Savannah at the time got word through to General Grant and Mr. Lincoln that there was a tremendous cache of, uh, of coal for the trains to use, which was a very needed commodity as the war uh, the war itself wore on. And so bottom line is, they said, look, we've got so many tons of, of coal here. You can have that. Just don't burn down our town there. And it was agreed, something of a gentleman's agreement, as I take it. And it turns out that the amount of coal available to the Union thereby exceeded what was promised. So General Sherman did the right thing, and he found the headquarters, which he made his own for the winter, to be quite commodious and thus we have Savannah, Georgia, protected and preserved in its historical character for us to enjoy today. Yes, Maybe that's exactly. why some of the ghosts don't want to leave, Susan. They like it so well, they remember it from the good old days. Oh, they're here, believe me. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a very haunted city, and I have purposely not investigated. I, I do my own investigations now, um, you know, on my own time, but... There are certain buildings and certain places I haven't even been to, and some I don't plan on going into at all. Because um, you pick people up. You can bring people home. You don't mean to. <laughs> but I've been very careful that way. You know, you're, you're getting on to something I was interested in, in mentioning to you this morning with, with kind of a, a question, uh, maybe an obvious question, uh, Gary and I were looking at your book, The Secrets of the Universe, and you updated and revised it in 2018 to include even more things in it. And it's a very pretty purplish book, looks like night sky with lots of stars on it. And once a week on Saturday, Gary and I pull a card from Kelly Sullivan Walden's Hero's Journey. We make it a, a Saturday morning ritual. The card that I pulled today looks almost identical to the cover of your book. And, and, and it, what was so interesting, we're talking about synchronicities, which is one of the things that you research. And that is that um, I, I said to Gary, I'm, I'm going to have to watch the news a lot less because even though I don't claim to be an empath, I do seem to be very affected by what's going on in the news and all the negativity. And I have been feeling extra um, stressed out, unease, sad at varying times. 
And the card that I pulled today, which matches the cover of your book, says, Knights of the Round Table, let their love lift you higher. And I was reminded today in the longer message having to do with this card that um, there are people on the other side who are looking out for us and, and, and hoping for the best for us. And so where I feel like it's a, it's a lonely road here in COVID-19 territory, you know, would you agree that uh, we're really not in it alone and that we do have knights of the round table on the other side who are really looking out for our behalf. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and I encourage people, especially now, and I do this daily, is to pray and talk to your spirit guides, talk to your guardian angels, um, ask our, our, Mike, Mike, you know, Archangel Michael to come in um, anytime that you're very stressed out, because we are all one, we are all a vibration. And we're picking up, you know, as you said, you listen to the news, and you start feeling all this fear and, and sorrow, and it's certainly uh, justified right now, but we have to remember that we do have um, people on the other side. We do have angels, and there are people that are fighting for us on the other side. Uh, so we have to remember to be strong and to not let this, you know, of course, stay healthy, but also mentally work at staying strong. And it's hard because it's scary. You know, I'm not going to lie. It's, I, I do have moments where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. But I do believe yes. that we're going to get through this and we're going to get through this together. There's going to be a real cultural shift as a result of all of this, because as in any major tragedy, you do find people coming together. And I have, you know, talked to my neighbors and and said, you know, I need to go to the post office. Can I get you anything while I'm there? So you don't have to go, you know, and so we're kind of looking out for one another in, in a small way. But I think that that could be expanded on in the weeks and months to come as we're all, um, you know, following the numbers and seeing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, I pray all the time. I, I talk to my uh, spirit guides. Sometimes I don't listen to them as much as I should. <laughs> but uh, I do believe that. I do believe that we are, are, are being assisted. And we are also, as a soul, as a collective soul, we are ascending from the third density to the fifth density, which means that what served us before that does no longer serve us is falling away. And a lot. Well, that's of people- interesting, Susan. Let me interrupt you just to ask you: when you say third density, fifth density, this terminology will be familiar to some and not to others, including me. So let's define our terms. What do you mean by density and the degrees of it? Well, you know, it's, it, it's, some people say dimension, but that's, I've read more of density, which is um, we are ascending as a, as a soul. Your soul is ascending to, we're in the, the third density right now where we're in the 3D world, you know, every, the, the material world. 
And as you ascend beyond that, we're going to be more aware, more um, caring, more awake. And that's what's happening naturally to the world is all these things are happening now because we're not listening. You know, we haven't been listening to the signs of the, the you know, the climate change, the, the, uh, the homeless, the, the people that are forgotten. It, it's time for us to become one and to become more sensitive to that. And I've, I've talked to people that have noticed a change in themselves, like in the last year for myself, um, and I wasn't a very much of a drinker before, but, but alcohol makes me sick now. I, I, even I, I can have a beer and I'll have a stomach ache afterwards. And I, it's, it's our bodies. We are, we are getting to a pure signal, if you will, which means that we, we're, we have to go through a lot of this to get to there because people don't want things to change that have, especially more wealthy people that have things the way they want them. They don't want that to change. And we, we have no. to move beyond that. We're, we're rising above that, if you will, to a place where we're going to realize that the bigger house, the bigger car, the money in the bank really doesn't mean anything when you're up against this, this virus. This virus is leveling the playing field for everybody. It doesn't judge who you are or what you do for a living and as we ascend to that that uh, awareness, let's say, let's not call it a density, let's call it an awareness, we, we will not want the suffering to happen on this planet. We will want to, to help people, to change things. So everybody is taken care of, not just people with money. And I, you know, don't want to get into politics or any of that, but... But we are ascending as a soul, and it's exciting and scary, and I believe that things are going to be amazing once we get to the other side of this, that, that life is going to be easier for everybody, and not just the people that have money to, to have an easy life. From your lips to Gaia's ears, that sounds wonderful to me, Susan. Our guest this hour, Susan Messino. She authored the book, and there's an updated edition as of 2018. The book is called The Secrets of the Universe, Universal Laws, Past Lives, Ghost Adventures, and more. Susan Messino has quite an incarnation going, that is for darn sure, and we're happy to have her in her present incarnation on Manson Mitchell today. Let's take our one break of the hour, and when we come back, I'm going to read a passage from The Secrets of the Universe because that's going to open up a whole new seam of conversation. Stay with us. We'll be gone a couple of minutes, then more of Manson Mitchell right here at Seattle's home of Alternative Talk, AM 1150. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. 
Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier hound chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Stefan Schwartz, author of The Eight Laws of Change, for his insights on changes affecting us today as a result of COVID-19. On Saturday, Carol Ann Carey, psychic medium, makes her debut on Manson Mitchell, and she will be taking your calls in the second half hour. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. The following audio is via a Skype call. You've got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. Kenny Rogers, in a... At 81 years of age and after a wonderful and very much accomplished life, a celebrated life, he folded him last night and uh, the family released that news. We're sorry to lose him. Susan Messino, you are someone who is He was also a Georgian. That's right, and he passed away in Mm -hmm. Georgia. You know so much about music and you know uh, famous, powerful musicians. What is your take on the life and the career of Kenny Rogers? Oh, my goodness. Kenny Rogers is royalty, absolute country royalty. Um, He's been, you know, a fixture for so many years. And the fact that he passed, he he lived a good life. You know, he passed at 81 and uh, his music will live on forever, as as they always do. But um, it's sad because um, he was one of the greats and and definitely part of the royalty of, of country music. A lot of people have followed in his footsteps. Susan, you have um, been a rock journalist and have several books out, and some of them on musicians, including another country musician. So I think this would be a good time for you to tell our listeners where they can locate you online, what are some of the books that you've written, and um, anything else that you would like to share, social media, anything you like. Oh, yeah. Well, you can find all of my books on Amazon under Susan Messino. I have a website, SusanMessino.com. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I am on Twitter, but not as much as I suppose I should be. (laughs) And I have uh, six books, um, Rock and Roll Fantasy, um, Famous Wisconsin Musicians, which has a foreword by Les Paul himself, 
uh, Let There Be Rock, the story of ACDC, which is being updated and is supposed to be released in May, although I expect that might be pushed back. Um, the ACDC FAQ book, Family Tradition, Three Generations of Hank Williams, The Secrets of the Universe book, and they're all online, and you can find me easily online. If you want to email me directly, just go to my email, uh, my website or my Facebook page. Thank you. Susan, I did want to mention that I had many years ago heard an interview with Kenny Rogers in which he told the interviewer who asked him about how do you account for your popularity? You're very popular with women and men alike. And Kenny Rogers had an answer. He said, the women who like me find me comfortable to be with. There's just something about me where they they feel safe around me. And the men do not feel threatened by me. He had that golden mean. He threaded the needle where women found him attractive and safe to be with, even if only in their minds or as they listen to his records. And the men found him admirable rather than threatening. That's figuring out life. That's what I call that. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And he did have that appeal. And some of the greatest stars on the planet have that exact appeal where, you know, um, women or men, you know, like that person and then the opposite sex is not threatened by them. And that's that's a perfect combination. (laughs) It really is. And uh, what a tremendous success story. I I hadn't heard much from Kenny Rogers in quite a long time, but I'm going to miss him all the same. Oh, we yeah. mentioned we mentioned the, mentioned the uh, title of your book before the break, The Secrets of the Universe, Universal Laws, Past Lives, Ghost Adventures, and More. Some of the more has to do with colors. And again, this is entirely spontaneous. I didn't mention to Susan that I was going to read this from her book, but I'd like to, some of it now. On page 38, as a matter of fact, using the appropriate colors can influence your mood and feelings. Dark red can be very stimulating, medium reds can inspire, and light red is uplifting. Pink stands for love, rose inspires, and corals can be calming and repel negative energy. Orange is a bright color that can be very stimulating. Yellow is wise, alert, and cheerful. Gold is purity and goodness. Dark greens are calming. A medium green can be restful, and light greens are refreshing. Dark blues are happy and medium blues are healing. Light blues can be uplifting and pure, and turquoise energizes. But let's get to those basic colors, those primary colors. White reflects all the colors and can be very good and powerful. Black absorbs all the colors and is not negative materially, but very negative in the astral world. Mentally, you can use these colors to heal, strengthen and protect your energy field. And so you have done so, Susan. You go on to write, when I don't feel well, I picture the color that correlates to the area of discomfort, and I see a light wheel spinning counterclockwise, cleaning itself out, and then turning around clockwise and seeing it spin until it gets clear and strong. This exercise has helped me alleviate stomach aches, headaches, nausea, and a cracked wrist that healed within a few days, resulting in my not needing the traditional six-week cast. How did you come to use this, and how do you teach other people to use it? There are people listening right now that might benefit from this. Well, I'll tell you, many, many, many years ago, before I even got into this, 
I had read a story about a little boy that had a hole in his heart and they were going to do surgery. But they decided they had time. They worked with him on a mental exercise where he took a golden thread with a golden needle and he, they, they ran an exercise with him on how to close it up himself. They were going to mentally close the hole in the heart and they kept visualizing that, and they, they taught him to visualize that. And I don't know exactly how long it took, obviously. They didn't have a lot of time. But when it came time to do surgery, the hole had closed. And even Jesus told us that we, some people can heal other people, and they're very gifted, but we all can heal ourselves. And don't get me wrong, I'm not, not saying that you don't need medicine or or psychological help, but I use my light to help me feel strong, to protect my aura, my, my field around me, and everybody has the power to do that because we are actually, our, if you want to call our soul, um, our souls are actually a rainbow that comes, the, the light comes down through you and refracts in seven places in your body, just like the rainbow. That's why it's the colors of the rainbow. And as you said, each color um, influences certain organs and parts of your body. And when I literally, I I did crack my wrist um, right before New Year's Eve, a few, quite a few years ago now. But I I was, I believe I was working on a book, so I could not, um, not be able to type. And I was in a, a heavy, hard task for the weekend, the holiday weekend. I went in to see the surgeon on Tuesday, and I was determined to not have to have a permanent cast for six weeks. I couldn't work. So I mentally closed the crack using my mental light and seeing the crack close more and more and more. And I even told my son, I said, by Tuesday, I'm not going to need a cast. And I could, because I taught my son how to do this, and he, is, he was so good when he was little, I, I would teach him how to do his colors. And those are they're, they're chakras. They're, it's a Sanskrit word for wheels of energy. And we are all powered by our souls that come down from the source and break into seven different colors. And you can really use this to your advantage, um, even to calm yourself down or to meditate. Um, I, I purely, you know, strongly believe in that, but I, I'm not going to say that it can take away something that you need medical help for. But I did uh, close my wrist enough that when I went in on Tuesday, um, he, was, he, he cut the thing off and he asked me what color of cast I wanted. And I had no idea. They have like 30 colors you can choose from. And I said, could I have my son come in and help me choose color? And he said, sure. And so my, my son came in, and he cut off the, the cast, and he was playing around with my arm while I was making faces at my son. And he kept looking at the x-ray, and finally he looked at me, and he said, does this hurt you at all? And because he's playing around with my, my arm. And I said, no, not really. He kept looking at the x-ray, and he goes, God, he goes, I don't. I don't think you need a cast. I'm going to put you in a Velcro thing for two weeks. What do you think of that? 
And I looked over at my son and winked at him, and he, his eyes were like as big as saucers. And uh, I did, because I, I could not have a cracked wrist. It wasn't something that I could handle for six weeks. I couldn't do it. Susan, I'm, I'm reminded of um, a very old saying about what you can conceive and believe you can achieve. I mean, we've many of us have heard of that. And you said strongly believe when you were talking about your wrist. And I think that if you do strongly believe something that you can achieve it, and I think where you know most of us really miss the mark is that we want to believe, but we don't really believe And so when these things, when the healings don't happen, then we're saying, well, I didn't think it would work. I was hoping, but it didn't really work. I like the idea about strongly believe. I met a woman uh, some years ago, uh, probably close to 20 years ago, who believed that she could heal cuts. And Mm -hmm. so when, when her her son was on an airplane with her and got a cut from something I couldn't even tell you what. She said, let me take your finger. And she took the finger, she went into a meditation, she held it in her hands, and when she released it some 10 or 15 minutes later, there was a tiny, tiny, tiny little white scar, but the skin was actually healed. And it was it had come together, it had knitted together in a matter of minutes because she believed she could do that. Exactly. And and so I've always, you know, been very um, cognizant that if you believe something strongly enough, th- you can make that come about. And, and so when you said strongly believe in your self-healing and it came about, there's a part of me that says that the belief part is the most important part. Oh, it, that's, that's, all, that's all there is. If you don't really believe it, and I mean really in the pit of your stomach, if there's even a shred of doubt, you're not going to manifest that. So when you manifest, whether you're trying to feel better or, or anything, you have to believe that it's possible. And when I was a kid, I was obsessed with biographies, and I, I read every biography I could get my hands on, and the reason why I was obsessed with them was I wanted to know how they made their dreams come true. And mm-hmm. over the years, I have learned that there's one common denominator to everybody, and we're talking from Amelia Earhart to Abraham Lincoln to, you know, Babe Ruth, everybody. They had one thing in common. And I, I ask, when I give speeches, I always ask people to tell me what that one word is. And you'll have, you know, determination, perseverance, you know, all these things. The word is believe. They believed they could do it. That's, yes. that's, that's it. Yeah. If you believe you can heal cuts, you can heal cuts. We, uh, Gary and I have a very good friend who is a healer who heals um, others in addition to herself. And she goes into a space where she is absolutely certain of the healing coming through her that, that she does not originate it, that she is a, a conduit 
for healing. Uh, she's the middleman, as it were, between the universe and the physical person. And she has had miraculous healings over and over and over again because she believes she can do that. And it, it comes about as she believes. And so, you know, here we are once more, you know, talking about, you know, what we can do to stay safe. And, uh, you know, I've had quite a few moments of fear over the virus and hope I don't get it. And how can I protect myself? And how can I make the fewest trips out and all that? When, it, you know, it seems like maybe the best thing for all of us to do is believe that we're going to be okay. Maybe that's what it takes, a knowingness, knowing you're going to be okay, as opposed to just kind of hoping and wishing about it. Oh, it, that's, that's, you know, so true because, um, you know, it's like if you're in a room, let's say, if, you know, when you're in a room with a lot of people and you'll have the, you know, somebody will sneeze and, and you, you'll have this person go, oh my God, he's got a cold, great, now I'm going to get it. And they probably do come down with a cold. I've always been, been the one that's like, I'm not getting it. I don't care if he sees this right in my face, I'm not getting it. Because I don't like to be sick, for one thing. Who does, right? But, but I'm really bad about it. I'm a horrible patient, I'll tell you that right now. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like being sick. Um, I don't like to have to stay home when I, you know, when I don't feel well, or I'm more, I'm more worse in a hospital than anyone ever. Like I will like take my clothes and escape if I can. So, um, <laughs> uh, it, it, it is wonderful though that people and, and the, there, there's also a healing practice called Reiki, which I do mention in my book. And that is a power that, like you said, the lady can, t can tap into that's, Anybody can tap into your own healing and to to feel your own energy, and it's it's called uh, prana or yeah prana I think it is, but there's a lot of different words for it. Li is another word for the energy that we are emitting out of our bodies, and to feel it, um, put your hands together about let's say I'm going to do it right now, about six inches apart, and as you hold your hands together. Move them back and forth, and you can feel the magnetic pull of your own energy. And a lot of people do that, like if they're trying to heal a certain spot, they will, will bring that energy through their hands, and they heal themselves, but they can heal other people with it, too. Mm. You know, Gary, yeah. Gary, you've got quite a visual that is so simple and so practical for not getting sick. He's been doing this for years and years and years and rarely, rarely gets sick. Well, why don't you mention your, your visualization? Earlier this morning, I wondered if that was going to come up. You never fail to bring that up when, when it's timely, and I can't imagine a timelier time than we're facing right now. So thank you, Suzanne. The long and the short of it is this. I visualize myself, now this is a conscious exercise. I visualize myself standing in my finery at a cocktail party. And here come the white coated waiters and they are serving cocktails like in champagne flutes, that's how I see it. And in these champagne flutes, it's not champagne folks, it's every kind of bacterium, 
or virus or cootie that you could possibly get. And now we have the novel coronavirus to add to the menu. And these waiters are passing them around and I see people taking them. And they're, they're downing this obnoxious stuff. It's, what? What are you? I just, I'm flabbergasted as I see it in my mind. This is an imaginative exercise, you realize. They're so, this lady wants time away from the husband and the kids. She downs that stuff so that she can get sick. Someone else, some guy uh, doesn't get enough attention in life, so he downs one of those so he can finally get noticed. It could be any number of reasons, and very few of them good reasons. <laughs> And when they come to me, they offer this on a tray, and I say, oh, no thanks, none for me. And the uh, waiter just puts his nose in the air and walks away to continue serving this, this noxious cocktail. And I have found when I do that, and I actually accept it as true of me and of my situation, I have been in workplaces, and we all know what it is to have people sneezing and coughing and then picking up a phone that's shared in the office, you know that experience? I have gone through that. I have worked at radio stations where they call it the crud, and people are all in this fairly confined space using the same equipment, hoteling their way around the, the newsroom and the studios, what have you. And I didn't get sick. It's just, no, that's not for me. I won't be having that, thank you. And once I make that decision... Uh, yes, I mean, that, that theory is exactly what I encourage everybody to do is is decide that they don't have to get sick if they're, you know, if somebody has a cold and you're in the same room, that sort of thing. That attitude is a great attitude to have in daily life, that you are, are strong and healthy and you can keep yourself that way. And that's why I, I encourage people to pray and to bring in their, their white light. And I, when I go places, I surround myself in white light. Um, I around my car with white light. Uh, I do all kinds of mental exercises that help me feel safer, more grounded, and it, and it helps me to stay healthier than, than most because I, I rarely, knock on wood, I rarely ever get a cold um, or, or the flu or anything like that. Um, I'm very fortunate that way. But it's hard with the media um, sending or, or transmitting a lot of fear is, is the thing that, that we're battling right now is the fear of this virus and the fear of will I get this or will my family get this. And uh, I'm praying that we all try to envision a new life that is going to be kinder and more gentle to everyone once we get through this, this terrible pandemic and and I, I believe, again, strongly that we have to envision a positive future for us. And it, yes. And is, uh, are they still not on? Gary and Suzanne. Well, I'm hearing you. I don't know if Suzanne might be talking to herself there. Folks, our Internet went down, so I'm on the iPhone over here. But I heard what you said, Susan, and I do believe that there are times in human history when an equalizer comes around and we're all in this big lifeboat together. So hopefully I pray that because we're dealing with such a contagion, a pandemic, that if nothing else, we start to be kinder toward one another and see the vulnerable humanness that we 
all share. Rich man, poor man, they're a movie star, an actress of the silver screen, or a scullery maid. It doesn't matter because the viruses and the tragedies of life don't care. They're quite impersonal that way, even though they attack per se and whole societies. So I'm hoping that you are are fulfilled in your ambition for all of us, Susan, because if we can't learn it now, when are we going to learn it? Right, and, you know, there's people that talk about the new earth, you know, the people that are aware of the ascension that we are making right now, and the, the new earth is a place, like you said, that will take care of everyone. There's no, There's so many resources, you know, God gave us a gorgeous planet, with everything we need right here, and all we have to do is take care of it and take it, care of each other, and everyone can have a better life. And I'm, I'm praying for that. I'm, I'm trying to keep that vision of once we get through this, we are going to know what the real priorities are in life, and prior, priorities are family and friends and love and taking care of yourself and each other. that That's really all it boils down to. Yes, you're right. Susan, We in our last half a minute here, I just want to give you one more opportunity to uh, let us know about your website and how people can get in touch with you and to thank you for coming on today. Well, thank you so much. I love talking to you and, and Gary um, anytime. And you can find me at uh, SusanMacino.com. All my books are on Amazon. And you can find me on Facebook. Um, And feel free to send me questions. I always answer everything. And uh, God bless us all. Stay safe, Susan. And we look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Susan Macino, everybody. Coming up next. Jupiter Rising. That is going to be good times. Eileen always has fascinating stuff to say. Doug Johnson as well. I hope that you all are staying safe. And Suzanne and I wish you all a healthy and happy weekend. We'll be back next week.